Welcome to the State 48 Mega Trucks Podcast. Episode 2. I'm Robert Maxwell with Maxfield Mud, and with me is... James Norman with Normanator Racing. Um, so let's talk about where we race, where, where fans can come and find us, what we normally try to make in a year, you know, uh, event-wise, um, how we get there, and how fans can get there. And so basically, let's base the 2017 year and, you know, kind of go from there. So James's shop is, is AZ Frame and Fabrication. And uh, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll plug you here, James, because you deserve it and you, you shouldn't have to plug yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, he's built every single one of these trucks. The, the fabrication shop is phenomenal. Him and his family, you know, not not just him. Um, him and his family are phenomenal people. You know, his dad has been a, a huge asset and friend, you know, in, in building these trucks. You know, usually we're out at the shop and the old man shows up and says, hey, why don't you do it this way? And we, we've learned that uh, you don't really argue with that anymore because 99.99% of the time he's right, even though you think he might not be right. Eventually he is right, you know. So uh, I I have personally learned that if he if he suggests something or mentions something, it's because he's been there, done that, and uh, and usually he's right. So just a great great guy all around. The the shop environment's awesome. Uh, a lot of good guys out there. Dan, you know, I, I enjoy hanging out with Dan and, and you know having him work on stuff. He's a sharp guy. And then of course James, they built a monster truck. A monster truck ride truck that's currently sitting at the shop. Um, they've built, you know, Biohazard from the ground up, Mud Reaper from the ground up, Bonnie from the ground up, and and there's more to come. Um, there's actually countless trucks in the state that they have worked on or caged or belly caged or four linked. You know, these guys were building four seater razors before there was four seater razors. Um, they were building golf carts on, you know big tires and, and electric motors, you know, whatever whatever you need to get done from building a trailer or having your trailer fixed to building a full-on race chassis to fixing a fender bender, you know, um, they, they do it all. You know, there are different, different sections of the shop. Um, James Norman III, which is the, the James that I have the pleasure of being on this podcast with, is he kind of leads the mega truck part of the shop now, and they they work on mega trucks pretty much full time now, right, James? Yes, you're absolutely right. Ever since uh, I had put Reaper out on the market to race, I have been building mega trucks the whole time. And you're right, from anything from a full blown race chassis mega truck like Biohazard, Mud Reaper, Bonnie, Clyde. To stock trucks that belly cages underneath, cages on the inside, four linking them, putting rock crawlers on them, or rock wells under them, tractor tires on them. And I think just about every truck out there that runs, we built the wheels for too. And our shop does everything from building the frames axles, making up our own hydraulic lines. It's uh, a turnkey shop. There, there's, 
There's it nothing is, you guys you can, don't do. No, there isn't. We do everything from the trailer, work on the trailers that you haul them with to the trucks that you drive out there. And I'm specialized in mega trucks, but I do, you know, rock crawlers, cages, you know, off-road trucks. Well, yeah, you've built a, this way. Just, just since I've known you, I think we've known each other for three or four years now. I've seen you build, you know, quite yep. a few daily drivers that have come out of the shop. With, you know, the Apache, um, the the Avalanche you're working on now. You know, just four link them out, put nice lifts on them. You know, coilovers. You know, just daily drivers that guys are just having. You know, just completely. Oh yeah, yeah the guys that are seeing these trucks, and they're like, "Well, can you make my uh, my truck look like that, but be a a daily driver?" And well, of course, I can do. Everything. When it comes to a piece of steel, do you want me to make it into a bow tie? I will tur- turn and twist that thing into a bow tie for you. And if you want me to untie it for you and make it straight again, I can do that too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's there amazing. Is nothing you guys... our shop won't do. I mean, we do it all. And you're right, there is segments of our shop where certain guys work on certain things. And as far as my segment of the shop goes, it's all mega trucks. It's all the cages, whether it be, you know, cages in a car, cages in a normal truck that you drive, belly bo- uh, belly cage in them, four link in them, coil over in them. I do three links, four links, radius arms. You name it, we do it. If you have something that you've seen an idea on one truck, but they don't make it for another truck. I'm the person you would come to or contact and say, hey, listen, I want this, but I want it to fit that. Okay, not a problem. Yeah, I mean, I can, I, can attest, any... I can attest 100%. You know, I've, I've, had, I've had you freehand cut biohazard symbols into metal for me, and... Now you guys have you know all the connections and, and stuff to laser cut everything. We've been doing a ton of laser cutting now and making custom stuff. And you know these guys they they bend steel and work on steel all day long. But then you know I, I have I want to build an aluminum gas tank. You know and it's like they're okay. You know that, that that's all I heard was okay. How how big do you want it to be? And I said well I want it to fit this dimension. And then next thing I know, you know, a nice, beautiful, custom, polished aluminum tank sitting in the mega truck, you know, a big filler neck on it, breather, you know, everything that I needed on the thing, you know. So I haven't found anything these guys have not been capable of doing yet. Um, so I, I've been very impressed with AZ Frame and Fabrication and the Norman family. Um, they've done a lot of work for me and will continue to do a lot of work for me. And if you guys are looking into building any anything, you know, just caging the inside or four linking or, or anything or just advice, you know, hit them up, you know, uh, at Normanator Racing, AZ Frame and Fab, um, out in Apache Junction area. It's a, a phenomenal shop. Those guys really get things done. Um, you wouldn't know it by talking and, to them. James is smart. <laughs> 
He does <laughs> like Fords. You're so right. You got you to give him that, but he makes up in a lot of other areas. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, brother, and you're right. And any of you guys out there listening want to know something, need help or advice on something, by all means, hit me up at, you know, on Facebook at Normanator Racing or at Arizona Frame and Fabrication. I am always willing to give advice out. I don't try to hide any of my secrets. Um, if you need help with something or just advice, hey, man, which route should I go, you know, Trust me, because we've been there. I know I have. I've been there, done it, broke it two or three times to figure out, okay, hey, this is what you need to do, or this is what you need to do in this situation. You know, And again, that I've goes, been doing this stuff for a long exactly. time. Exactly. And that goes to, you know, all of these mud guys. You know, um, you know I, I fancy myself a, a decent engine tuner. You know, I've, I've been able to make everything run pretty good, you know, um, and I understand what it takes to go into making one run pretty good, but there's so much information in this family, you know, just the State 48 group that, you know, if you need something, definitely reach out to us, and, and yeah, we don't hide stuff. We, we, we're more than happy to tell you anything you want to know. We want more people in the sport um, you know, not just necessarily fans too. We want participators. You know, um, come out, build a, build a truck, start start on 38s, start on 35s. That's what we did. You run right next to us, and the same questions that you ask on 35s apply to when you're running 63 inch tall tires like Mud Boss. And it's just an evolution. We all start we all started a lot smaller than we are now. And so wherever you're ready to start, just start. It it is a blast to go out there and have a good time. Speaking of a good time, the, uh, the the park that we, I think, call home, State 48 calls home, is Arizona Cycle Park. And they're at Facebook on at Buckeye Drags, or at Arizona Cycle Park, or ACP. Um, the owner, Bobby, has been, you know, we he has seen the evolution of our trucks. You know, we, we ran out there when we were, again, we were driving on 35s and 38s and stuff like that. And he's seen us kind of put our heart and soul into it and build bigger trucks and come out and do bigger things and want bigger things. And he's been real open to it, you know. You know, what would you guys like to see? What can we do to get you guys to keep coming out here and putting on a show for the crowd? And that's all we we want to do. You know, you know, we're not looking for anything besides pushing ourselves and doing cool stuff in our trucks. You know, that's that's kind of what we like to do. And so, you know, it's evolved where we had just two regular side-by-side pits, and then we had one fast pit and one deep bog pit, and then the jumps came, and then a little bit of a course came, and then, you know, James and I came up with a harebrained idea of let's have a beater car drag race on the sand drag side, and then afterwards we'll do a demolition derby on the, in the mud, mud drag part, and then after that we'll run over them with our mud trucks. And Bobby said... Okay, make sure all the glass is popped out of them. Make sure that you know they're safe. You have to have seat belts and you know your safety devices and all that kind of stuff. And you know he he helped facilitate all of that. And so you know park owners like that make it fun to do the sport. You know it makes it 
awesome being able to come up with an idea and some of our ideas have been you know shot down because of insurance or park regulations or things like that but it's explained to us it's not just no we're not doing that that's silly or whatever it's oh well we can't do that because of this we can't do that because of this so it's explained to us like if you think you have a good idea and somebody just says no it kind of tends to piss you off a little bit but when somebody explains to you why they said no that makes the difference that that bit of communication the bit for a, a park owner to respect and communicate with you know the, the drivers it it makes a ton of difference and that's why I think I'm the only west side in Arizona the west side guy uh, which Buckeye is my home park I live out here so it's easy for me to hop over here and, and tout them because they're right here it's been a good enough park that all of the other state 48 guys you know dirty white boy and cookie monster James all these guys will come all the way out here to Buckeye to run which for them it's a you know it's an hour and a half drive hour and 15 somewhere around there so it's a it's a it's a 90 miles yeah and uh, they'll come out here and run every single event because the park takes care of them. It I can I can promise you it costs every single one of us money to go out there and run. We don't make enough money at a park or even if we win the event or anything like that to make money doing this. That's for sure. We all do it for a passion. But when you feel like you can talk to the park owner and, he, and Bobby has given us posters to hand out to fans. He's provided Sharpies for us to sign the posters for fans. Stickers, you know, that we can give to fans that, you know, they have, you know, his park and our truck on them. You know, he he hits us up and says, hey, how are things? You know, is there anything you'd like to change? Is there anything you'd like to do? That kind of communication just makes a ton of difference. And I think it shows, you know, because I think we definitely put on the best show that we can at Buckeye. Um, it it goes to play really well that Bobby also thinks about daily drivers and the other guys that want to come run through the pit. So you know, if it was up to me and James, we would have two five foot deep pits and jumps going in and going out of the pit. You know, that's what we would love to see. But that's why Buckeye's so balanced because he's got sand drags that have a little bit of of a cushion to them for trucks that want to drive in the sand drags, the diesel truck sand drags. Then he's got a couple of drier lanes for like the, the quads and all that kind of stuff. Then on the mud side, he's got a, a deeper pit for the big tractor tire trucks and anybody that's, you know, feeling the gumption to want to hit the big pit. And then he's got a smaller daily, daily driver pit for guys that come out, you know, that drove out and they, and they have a six inch lift and 35s and they want to hit the mud too and have a good time. So it's really a park for everybody to do everything. If you think you have a fast diesel, well, let's take it over to the sand drags and find out. Or even if you think you're, uh, there was a couple of Raptors out there the other day that were racing each other on the sand drags. Um, there was a trophy truck that came out and was hitting the uh, the jumps that we built for the mega trucks the other day. And he was clearing them and stuff. It was really cool. So we, we have, out at Buckeye, we have a little bit of everything for everybody. And Bobby's been super cool about making sure that he keeps the drivers happy and it's not just us you know he also does the same thing with the sand drag guys and the, the the motorcycle guys and so he's just 
a good guy that communicates with the drivers and tries to facilitate as much as he can within the constraints of owning a park, of course, and making money and being safe. So I, I think that's our home, our home court kind of. And so uh, if you follow at Buckeye Drags, they post the schedule every year, and we try to be at every single Buckeye event that comes out. Usually uh, every year he puts on anywhere from 10 to 11 events per year, and we try to make every single one. And and that we try hard, too, because I can tell you, last weekend was a, a Buckeye race. Uh, we went out there, and we ran. James broke his truck, or had some uh, had some uh, issues on his truck. I had issues on my truck. Bonnie had issues on it, and we, you know, collectively made sure that all three of our trucks made the expo this weekend. You know, if it had been an event somewhere else, we might not have tried so hard because it's the end of the year and, you know, we're, we're kind of waiting and chomping at the bit to tear our trucks down and go through the end of the year maintenance and stuff on them. But because it was an event out of Buckeye, you know, we really put everything together, got the trucks together and, and made it out there. And we we're all out there today. Uh, what other we events do we normally hit in a year, James? Um, the other events we hit throughout the year, one, uh, one is Flagstaff. Flagstaff is, and again, Flagstaff, this was their first year, but it's more to come. It will be uh, almost a yearly event now. Um, we hit all the way south, as close as you can to the Mexican border in Douglas, Arizona, to race down there. We hit uh, Wilcox, Arizona, with the southeast uh, mud guys, race down there. We go all the way up north into the Four Corners area to Chinle, Arizona, uh, for CDC mud racing out there. Don Lee, he always puts on a great event out there. We go all the way down south to Douglas, Arizona for uh, um, straight line, or no, not straight line, side-by-side -side racing where it's you line up next to your, your opponent, first one, down to, uh, first one down out of, first one down wins, and you get three tries. It's the best out of the best out of three match. So if you win your first match, you come back to the line, you start and you swap lanes, you race the same guy again. If you beat him twice in a row, that guy is out. You advance to the next round. If not, you guys go one apiece. We come back. We flip a quarter. Whoever wins the coin toss gets to choose the lane of their picking and you race again for your third and final time, and the winner gets to move on. The loser uh, is done for the night. And then I can, we'll I can jump in there and say, you know, for me, in the 2017 year, Douglas was my favorite racing. Um, besides, you know, Buckeye and being able to jump and, and do all that kind of stuff, but, but for an out-of, you know, an out-of-home event... You know, I really enjoy all of them, and, and they all have different aspects, but the the side-by-side -side 
coming off the green light. They they actually have a you know a red light and a green light set up, and so when the green light comes on, you hammer down. So it's almost you know straight drag racing style. You're sitting next to your opponent, green light comes on, and you and you hammer down, and you can see them right next to you, you know coming up on you or going around you or pulling away from them. That kind of racing is is one of my favorites by far because the adrenaline that gets pumping when it's a close race and you know you're you're just barely pulling ahead of them and things like that. That is uh, that's definitely for me was was the funnest event of 2017. Um, it was in Douglas and I would definitely go back. Uh, I had a blast out there and I know that that James was having some uh, truck issues at that event and so he actually went out early and he jumped in the truck with me and we were racing together and man I we had a blast I, even I didn't even win that event um, we had some mechanical issues I threw a fuel pump belt on our last run and watched uh, <laughs> watched the truck just pass me at the finish line but it still was my favorite event of the year um, Noisy Boy Pro Mud was phenomenal you know, he uh, he called us and asked us if we'd come down, and we you know we brought the camper down. We hung out as a family, um, had a good time, and man, I it was one of the best events of the year. He facilitated everything for us, and all the racers out there got to watch some really fast guys. And it was actually you know a mud bog. It was not you know a I'm, I'm air quoting that you can't see mud bog where there's 12 inches of mud on the top, you know, that was, a, it was a deep pit. You know, I, I'd say it was what, 24 inches at least. You agree, James? Oh yeah. 24 to, yes, I agree. 100%. Probably 24 inches mainly. And then it might've even been 30 inches in some areas. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. And, uh, and, uh, noisy boy actually at the end of the event built a jump going into the pit just for the fans, you know, he he ended up bringing somebody guy some guy out to build a jump, just so we could jump the trucks into the pit, just so the fans could see, you know, a mega truck jumping because they're used to, again, one ton tractor tire guys that are just super fast. Those guys are cool, but uh, you know they never do any jumping or or crazy things like that. And so he wanted to bring that to you know his hometown there and, and the the his fans that were out there. And uh, it was awesome. He built a jump, and James and I both sent it. Um, I landed in the pit and threw my fuel pump belt as soon as I landed. So I jumped it and landed and then had to get towed out of the pit. But James jumped it and landed it and ripped out of the other end. It was pretty cool. Uh, but I, I could say that Douglas was probably my favorite event of the year outside of our, our Buckeye drags. Yeah, and I would have to reiterate and say, again, you know, Douglas was probably one of my favorite ones, not only because of the side-by-side, because you're right, it was the adrenaline. You line up next to somebody you know, okay, green light goes, you hammer down, and it's the first one across the line. My my round that I had, I went out. Uh, I went to all three stages, and I ended up losing by just a little bit at the finish line on the one. But for me... It was one of my favorites because really two reasons why it was my favorite, other than our home court of, you know, 
Buckeye Drags was that even though I went out in the first round, they had no problem saying I could hop in with you, get the ride, ride with you, and there's no other feeling. If anybody out there that's listening has built anything, done anything, made something with your hands, and you have given it to the person, and to see that machine or equipment or whatever it is do what it's supposed to and see the smile on the person's face knowing that, man, this is just, this all came together. And then actually ride in it and know what the truck does. It was phenomenal for me. And even though ACP has all our big jumps that we hit on a daily basis, on the daily times that we're there, it was cool to go into a small town that has never seen mega trucks before, have two big mega trucks, the two in my heart, two of the baddest trucks in the whole state of Arizona, come down there, run with these guys that are strictly the main made to run fast. They don't jump, they don't turn, they don't do nothing. It's meant to get in a straight line, and pin it to win it. Where we can do that in our trucks. But for them to turn around, because it was a two-day event, and we did camp out there and stuff, the next day have them put up a small jump and for us to go out there and just send it for the crowd that has never seen our trucks like that before, that to me was why it made one of, for me, the the most special event that we had for the year you know we didn't you robert you didn't walk away with first we ended up getting you ended up getting second i went out in the first round but you know what hey that's how the card falls sometimes but you know what all i could say is you can ask anybody that was there at that douglas event and i guarantee you ask them who won the tractor tire division they wouldn't know but if you asked them who Mud Reaper and Biohazard is, oh, yeah, those are the guys that jumped. You know, they got 10-plus feet in the air and, you know, went through the mud. Yeah, it was wicked crazy. And to me, doing that for the fans and the people that have never even remotely seen a truck like ours in a small town like that, it, it just it brings joy to me. That was one, again, that was why that made that event one of the funnest events for me. Yeah, so, and that was, uh, that was my first event going, you know, outside of our normal circuit there and racing with the guys that, that basically drag race um, issues and um, uh, Dylan was out there and, and his group. Uh, he wasn't racing out there. I think just Flying Farmer was out there, but that was the first time I had met those guys face to face. It was the first time I had seen some of these incredibly fast rail type drag trucks run or drag vehicles run. You can't quite call them trucks, but uh, man, that was it was kind of an eye opener for me to watch 2,000 horsepower, you know, sitting in you know a drag rail. And just rip through the mud that fast. I was I was amazed, you know. 
I ended up meeting a lot of cool people out there to meet Chris and Karen and and with the issues truck you know anytime that you meet competitors the first time it's kind of iffy you know and so it's like uh you know I don't know you know you don't want to tell them about your truck too much you know so on and so forth and I you know I think we did two two events with uh, Chris and Karen and that group and and uh, I honestly think they're phenomenal people I, I can't wait to race with them again um, they're competitive they build good vehicles and yeah I mean it, it took two events literally and we were hanging out all night and, and BSing and talking and just talking about motors and what we're doing and how we're doing it and what the future holds it's it's awesome I, I uh, again the mud truck sport period is really easy to get into and as long as you're genuine it's not hard to be accepted into it you know and and people just to open up to you and another event that we travel to is the uh, Wilcox mud drag event where we line up and it's straight timed events again it's a 12 inches to 18 inches of mud skimmed groomed all the time and that's where the fast guys go that's in another event that we do hit up and race with these guys and come out and perform another place that we hit up I'm gonna jump in there real quick um, Wilcox was one of the most organized events that I think we've ever been to. Um, they they had a schedule on when each class was going to run. They had staff there, you know, in case a truck broke down, they got that truck out of the pit quickly, and you know, got it out of the way and kept kept the event going. Um, they had quite a few staff members to uh, reinforce rules. Everything was teched and marked that it was teched, um, and the flow of that event was fast-paced for sure, because um, it was just it was just a one-day event. And they got all the racing done in one day, and there was quite a few trucks out there, and so it was streamlined and quick. Um, the quick is not a a complaint. It was just you know. That was my first event on the blower motor, honestly, and so I had no idea what my truck was going to do or how it was going to do it, and I wanted to go over data and all that kind of stuff, and the, the event's fast, but, I mean, you pull up, and they have somebody staging you, pre-staging you before you stage up while the guy in front of you is getting on the line, and they want everybody to be in a line, uh, backed up, so I think it's the most organized event that you know we've been to. For me, anyway, uh, is the Wilcox event for sure. And they had a new location this year, which I thought was pretty cool. At a big hill over the, you know, kind of overlooking the event where all the uh, trucks were parked, or the cars and trucks for the spectators were parked. And then the pit area was down below with uh, where, where we were all parked and everything. And they had, um, in fact, Noisy Boy from the Douglas event was the announcer at that event. And so he was announcing times, and they had a you know setup similar to Buckeye, where they had a fast pit where the guys that you know are pushing 
amazing amounts of horsepower through incredible vehicles. Um, we're running on a 100 and I want to say 60 foot, 160 foot lane. And then the bigger guys, you know, the tractor tires and pro stock and, you know, us were running on a 200 foot lane on the right hand side that had a little bit more mud in it. So again, like James was saying, it was probably 18 inches maybe of mud on our lane. And I'd say, you know, 12 inches or less on the fast lane, you know, but I, I do believe I saw, you know, Harry D come out there and make a hellacious pass. That rig is so fast. Yeah, if you have a chance to go see Harry D run or Pegasus run or Hustler run, those guys are phenomenally fast, and they're a blast to watch. Yes, they are. Our next event that we usually go to is uh, up in Chinle in the northern part of Arizona in the Four Corners area, um, CDC Mud Racing. It is another drag racing style event where everything is electronically timed. You get your time pass, and that's what it is. You got to make it's a two day event. Every event that CDC holds is a two day event. Um, they hold everything from stock vehicles to all the way up to the mega trucks or tractor tire class, I should say. Um, but yes, it's one of them high paying. Fast time, you know, high high horsepowered events that we run in. Uh, Don Lee is the um, sponsor and the creator of the CDC Mud Racing. He is a awesome gentleman, um, great guy. Uh, always straight up forward and honest, um, always has real tight rules to follow. Usually his events are really good organized. So the I, I couldn't agree with you more, James. Don Lee is just a stand-up guy, period. He's probably the best mud truck promoter in the state. Um, Don Lee really focuses on the, the fast guys. He's, he's uh, you know, there's... Like I we mentioned in the in the first podcast, the intro podcast, that there's kind of you know a couple of divisions of mud racing you know in the state, and one is kind of exhibition style you know mud racing where we just you know kind of race run what you brung tractor tire type stuff, and we jump them and do stuff like that where it's more exhibition style, and that's what we normally do. Um, Don Lee's world is you know, classes and, and straight up drag racing, timed event, get through the mud as fast as you can, whoever's fastest wins. And he's got classes you know, similar to real drag racing. He's got pro stock and pro mod and open and all this kind of stuff. And so in order to be a good promoter, especially as long as Don Lee's been a good promoter, you have to be a legitimate, honest, patient person. And Don Lee's been doing this for a long time. Um, I've only known him for a few years, and I and I already would promise you that I would make any CDC event that he that he brought out because he takes care of you, and 
you know, he does everything he can do to make that event go as well as he can. And uh, you know, everything's timed electronically. He's got, uh, it's on an Indian reservation. And so they, they stick, they have heritage there. There's a background, a history, everything. It's just, it's just to the core a good event. And there was a huge turnout. You know, I had never been to a CDC event before this last year, but I had never seen so many mud trucks in one spot at one time. And there was multiple times during our, our day there that uh, just went walking, walking through the pits and checking out trucks and seeing what was going on. And it was literally 24-hour-a-day racing because there were so many trucks that to race through all the classes, it took a long time. It went later than was anticipated by far. But, I mean, there was always something going on. You could not, if you wanted to watch racing, there was racing going on for hours upon hours upon hours, and it was it was awesome. Um, I had a good time at that event. And, and I'd bend over backwards for Don as he would for us. The, the last event we were at, the, they ended up using my trailer as a stage for uh, some of the musicians. I'll help Don Lee out any way I can. I know James feels the same way because he's he's helped us out. And, he's, and he promotes the sport. He grows the sport in Arizona, which is important to us. One of the reasons I'm building Clyde is to compete at events like Don Lee does because the payout at Don Lee's events is, and something else that we'll go into in another episode is how the structure of, of money in versus money out goes in, in this sport. It takes a lot more out than comes in, but Don Lee's events are one of the, the best events that you can go to to actually feel like you, you earn something at the end of the day. I think I got, uh, I don't know, 1200 or 1300 bucks. Winning that event, which is yeah. you know a huge payday for this kind of stuff, and so it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was, and you're absolutely right. And I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, you don't. I mean, the the event that we were at this year, it was the thirtieth event. That's thirty years that the CDC has been putting on some type of mud drag event, and you don't do it for 30 years consistently and you know not and not have your stuff right or you know you wouldn't be doing it for 30 years Don Lee yes he is one of the most stand up and probably the best promoter in the state of Arizona um, my hat's off to him and you're right he does he has come to our events and Don Lee as of right now, doesn't personally own a truck. He, I know he is working on building one for himself to run in some different classes. Yeah, he keeps telling me uh, he's going he's gonna to take my 605 from me. I'm hoping he doesn't right now because it's the <laughs> motor I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, he is, you know, I've raced at, I've got the race, this is my second year now I've raced at a, a CDC event. And I would always go back if Don wants me back. And you're right, it's out of a town maybe of population 3,000 or less, uh, get as many different mud truck drivers that there is. 
I think this year we were, or he was up to over 100 participants, might have been close to 120 participants that event that that entered this event in yeah, the like different I said, classes. It was the most the most mud trucks I've ever seen in one spot. I mean, one bad mudder, Pegasus hustler, bad company. Company. All these guys mm-hmm. were there. I mean, that there was, there was all the big boys of every single class <laughs> were out there. So everybody that didn't necessarily even know, never met them before, but knew their truck name, you know, based on, you know, kind of the the bad boy of the class, they were there. So if if you had heard, you know, that so and so was was awesome class or whatever, they were there at, at CDC. So yeah, you know. he that's. You know, probably one of my set my second favorite event to go to for the year is a CDC event. You know, he like you said, he, he's fairly well, really organized. You will not see a gathering of mud trucks if you have mud race or want to mud race or even thinking about it. That is one event that you have to hit throughout the year. That is the event to go to. I mean, like I said, there was probably close to 100, 120 plus different vehicles down there that you could see. We started racing at 10:30 in the morning, and then didn't get finished till 2:30 the next morning. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was. If you wanted to see it, it was there. If, you, if your appetite is for, you know, stock truck class, they were there. For pro mod, stock mod, open class, outlaw class, tractor tire class. I mean, he holds it all. He's probably the, the biggest gathering of different classes of vehicles that you would ever see in one time at one spot. I mean, if if you're known or have heard of any of some of the fastest vehicles in the state of Arizona, whether it be Pegasus, Bad Company, Hustler. If you're somebody or somebody that races any through anywhere, uh, probably the western half of the United States usually come to his events. Yeah, that's how well he known. Yeah, and. Again, you know, just an awesome guy. And I love Chen Lee because I pulled an awesome wheelie and half-tracked the course on two wheels at that event. <laughs> so I can't complain at all. <laughs> and, 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 and the boot, he's dead. that was his second fastest pass of the night. Yeah. Or uh, uh, the whole event, I should say. Yeah, it was my second fastest pass when I yeah half-tracked it on two wheels. It was uh, and... It was cool. It was cool, and that was probably uh, no, not probably. It was the first mega truck in a drag race situation. Pull the wheels like that and walk them and set them down, and still walk out the other end without going out of bounds. Yeah, without DQing. Yeah, because I've done it before, not near to that extent, but I've I have you know pulled the front wheels off the ground a bit. But most of the time when I do. It's hard, you know, you don't know where the wheels are at when you land. And so I usually end up 
you know, the, the courses that are set up for the drag trucks are narrow and they're staked. And if you get anywhere near those stakes or past that stake, you know, you're called out of bounds. I think of my four runs I did at uh, Wilcox, I was called out of bounds on two of them um, because, I, you know, the front wheels kept coming off the ground a little bit. It was a little hard to control. Um, but, yeah, that pass, it stood them up real hard and uh, sat back down just, just kind of perfect and just walked it out the other side. And to me, personally, it's probably the baddest pass in the sense of badass that I have ever seen anybody do anywhere in the state of Arizona at any time. And you can go back all the way to the mid-'80s where we had trucks here that were holding world records back then. And none of them have ever done anything like that. So, it was cool. Yeah, no doubt. Was, I, I know that um, uh, Dylan, an instigator, was on my ass in time on that event. I mean, I think I, I won that event by tenths. And uh, I knew that after I made that pass, you know, the, the wheels came up so far and so long in the truck that the grin on my face you couldn't have wiped it off with a with a with a knockout punch you know i came around the crowd was just going crazy and uh you know i brought the truck around and parked it and uh, i know james ran out to me and he said hey you ran a you know xxx i don't even remember what it was and i looked at him and and he can attest that i said i don't care you see how cool that was <laughs> you know, i was uh I had kind of thought that I had lost the event um, because of that, you know, because I stood the wheels up so far and so long. It's just not as fast as keeping them on the ground, of course. But I, the way the crowd reacted to it and seat of the pants feel of the pass, I was pretty happy with uh, taking the loss. And uh, Instigator would have beaten me um, had he not gotten out of, a little out of you know control there and, and ended up getting out of bounds a little bit. So. The truck instigator is probably as fast as my truck. Um, he's set up for drag racing. The truck is fast. It is a Ford, you know. So, you know, I, I will, you know, I'll always stand by the fact that I beat it. But <laughs> it is, it is fast. That truck's very fast. It's built for drag racing. Dylan's a great racer. Um, he's got, you know, great reaction times, and he's set that truck up to be very fast. And that's why I'm building Clyde, is to come for you, Dylan. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do believe, what, uh, one more event, the uh, Flagstaff event, James? Yes, and then uh, usually the last event we, or not the last event, but uh, another event we go to is Mudding in the Pines up in Flagstaff, Arizona. And it is... You know, it was their first year go around this year, and we hope to see him back next year. Um, but yes, it was the first and only bounty hole style pit that we had, along with uh, a normal uh, a normal mud lane that we raced in. And it was the uh, only event for the year where we raced for time. Whoever was the fastest won the event, and then we had the bounty hole. You had one shot at it. 
One chance, whoever got it the farthest will walk away the winner. No ifs, ands, buts about it. And, and who won that was, uh, And, yes. And, <laughs> and Robert with Biohazard, the gentleman that is, you know, sitting here talking with me, walked away with first place in both events, uh, walking away with the fastest time by a long margin uh, for the race event, and then ended up beating Mud Reaper out by about 15, 20 feet in the bounty hole. And that was probably the nastiest, deepest mud I have ever been in or even seen in the state of Arizona. That it, I agree it, with you 100%. It was awesome. Um, I'll have to give props to Nick York on this one with uh, Windows Down Country Up. Um, he was kind of put in charge of doing the mud bogs at the event. Um, it was really cool because Nick is a friend of ours, and when we walked up to the mud bogs, Nick walked up to all of the drivers, all of us together. You know, he got us, he gathered all of us, and he said, "Guys, what do you want to do?" I set up three pits for you. I set up a, you know, a fast, you know, almost like Goldilocks, right? You know, the the little bear pit, the middle bear, you know, the mama bear pit, and the papa bear pit, you know. And uh, even the, the little bear pit was way deeper than every other pit that we've been in, period. And oh, yeah. We, we at all, we thought we were badass mud racers, you know, and we said, let's do the middle pit because the big pit was supposed to be for the bounty hole. And we saw the backhoe seven and a half foot deep into the bounty hole pit, you know, turning the mud up. So we knew that one was deep as hell. Um, so we had opted for the middle pit and we had a couple of really fast guys hit the middle pit and man, they didn't even make it halfway and buried their trucks. Uh, we never got a chance at the middle pit as far as Reaper or Biohazard or, you know, one of our, our guys. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Lagasse hit the middle pit. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Cook, uh, Lagasse with uh, Cookie Monster hit the middle pit. And he, he churned, I mean, he made it, what, 30 feet, and then the truck lugged, and everybody thought he was done, and then, man, he put that thing in low and just curb stomped it, and I think he walked another 10 feet at, at 1.7 miles an hour. He was working it, that's for sure, but again, he made it, you know, 40 feet into the pit before they had to pull him back. Um, the other truck that ran that was Blue Dreams with Andy Gibson, and uh, that truck makes a ton of power. And, and he made it a good distance, but about halfway before he buried it, you know, to the frame and had to get pulled out. And so at that point, uh, management at the track decided that maybe we should run the other pit, the smaller pit, so there was a chance of people making it through. And uh, so we never got to try the middle pit, just the first two guys did, and they moved it over to the small pit, and they ran the small pit. But of the small pit... What, only three guys made it through? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Only three guys made it through. You with Biohazard, Robert, and Andy with Blue Dreams, and uh, Mike Henderson with uh, Bad Vibes. Vibe. Yeah. Everybody else got stuck 
Reaper's two passes. I uh, made it to the end um, with a high altitude. I did not adjust my carbs for the high altitude. Uh, I ran and just tell the truth. On me. Just tell the truth, James. Reaper would have made it through the pit just fine, but he didn't jet and he left it fat as hell, and he ran out of fuel. Literally, no, that was my second pass. My oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. On your second pass. On my that's first. Right. Well, let's, let's just start this back from the beginning. When the two, our middle lane, when they decided, hey, these two first trucks didn't even make it 50 feet, you guys are going to go in a small lane. Well, what they did was the stock guys and the pro mod guys that were running in the, the baby lane, one guy had lost control and ended up doing a rollover. Oh, Walked yeah. away, driver was okay. So what they did was they said there was a little bump at the end, so instead of just taking the backhoe and smoothing it, he sat and he dug a four-foot hole at the end and stirred it up. And that was to slow and down. Reaper, yeah, just to reiterate, that was yeah, to was slow the, down the slow pro down, mod yeah, and stock mod trucks down. so they didn't come out of the pit at fast speed. Yes, and you're absolutely right. And that, that was the whole purpose behind that. But then when the when those guys were done and then the tractor tire guys went, um, I ran down the end, got my first run almost to the end, didn't rejet my truck or nothing, Ran fat as hell, ended up popping on me, and it died out. Well, of course, my little stubborn tempered, you know, what do I do? Fire my truck right back up, and I'm sitting pretty much on top of this four-foot hole. And I fire my truck up, I slam that thing in the first, and just curb stomp it. And when I did, my truck went, Right down to the right down to frame. No more. Reaper was done. It was buried. It couldn't move. Then it took the backhoe probably three minutes to get me out. Since I dug now that four foot hole down to probably about a five foot hole, no other tractor tires were making it. Round two comes up. Of course, biohazard. Don't even hesitate. Just a little. A little hop over the end. I was like, I'm going to just hop this and not even touch it. Runs the fastest pass. Andy with Blue Dreams comes in number two with the second pass. And then Mo Mike Henderson makes it all the way through on both passes. Not because he was the fastest, but that man was locked up front and rear. Yep. Uh, locker style. And just lugged his way through. All the way to the end. Yeah, Mike Henderson. Might have took him yeah, he was set took up him for the to... altitude with his tuning, and he, you know, yep. that's what he runs. He runs deep bog pits, and we, you know, we don't as much, so we're open in the front, and he was locked front and rear, and that truck showed me, you know, it literally showed me how much difference that makes. Because, I mean, that, that truck was unstoppable. It wasn't super fast oh, yeah. getting to the end, 
but you couldn't slow it down. You know, you couldn't stop it. It just kept crawling and crawling. And and Mike's had a ton of oh, experience yeah. driving that truck, and he was just working that steering wheel, moving it back and forth. And and man, he just he just crawled through like basically anything you put in front of him. It was crazy. And you're right that that it, he is not the fastest, but man, it it just wasn't stopping. You put it in front of you put something in front of it and stop. It wouldn't stop. Now round two comes up and Reaper goes again. I'm like, okay, high altitude. I'm not going to shift through all three gears. First, second, and I'm just going to hold it. Well, what I do first, second, blah, 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 blah. couldn't get it to fire. So they ended up having to pull Reaper out. And, of course, all the State 48 guys that were down there, we all gathered up looking Looking around, couldn't figure it out. Lo and behold, we're checking, we're checking, and we work from the carb. Of course, we start at the hardest part, go to the carb, and then start working our way forward. And then Mr. Genius here, Robert Maxfield, says, check your fuel filter, see if it's clogged. And I unscrew my uh, fuel filter. I'm look, I hand a fuel filter to my dad. There was a just a little bit of stuff in it, nothing to ever clog it up. And then I'm getting ready to screw this thing on, and then Robert Maxwell says, hey, there's your problem. I'm like, what? He's like, there's no fuel running out on you. I look up, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, it's a direct line from my fuel tank to the filter and then the filter to the pump. Man, there should be, there should be fuel coming out. Not one lick of fuel was in that, that can in my in my fuel cell, and I just ran the Reaper right out of gas. So that is why the Reaper did not even get the finish the baby lane. Next up in the mud dra- uh, mud drag event was Mud Boss. Mud Boss is another State 48 mega truck driven by my dad, uh, James Norman II. He came out, uh, came flying hard, got about three-quarters of the way through to seven-eighths of the way through, and we blew the tranny. Well, tranny was slipping so bad it wasn't even pulling the tires. Um, after that, we uh, had to get Mud Boss pulled out. Uh, Mud Boss got pulled out. We got to looking, and, and we smoked uh, most of the clutches in it. So Mudwells was done for the weekend, which was disappointment because we were really expecting it to be the, the killer for the day two event of the bounty hole. Now day two of the bounty hole consisted of like seven trucks, eight trucks total, so between seven and eight trucks. It was Biohazard, Mud Reaper, uh, Bad Vibes, Old School, and uh, another no-name truck. Because rules were pretty simple as far as the bounty hole went in Flagstaff. It was run what you ever, you got one shot, one pass, and that's it. It was all or nothing. And all for the marbles, and everybody entered. 
what uh, was the tractor tire guys and like three guys that in dot tires. It didn't matter. Like I said, it didn't matter what you had. You just if you wanted to get in it, you were getting in it. And it was first place, seven hundred bucks, all or nothing. That's how it was. Um, again, uh, two of the no-name trucks, I'm not for sure because they didn't really have names, went, set the pace where it needed to be. Then old school came out. Old school uh, set the pace. Uh, it was like 50 feet, 60 feet, somewhere right in there. Then came Mud Reaper. I put Mud Reaper in, kind of, you know, Robert, me and Robert were uh, sitting there discussing it while all the other drivers were going. He's like, you know what, I'm going to line, Robert's like, I'm going to line you up on the best spot that I think you can hook in, and uh, you take it. And then when it's my turn, you know what, you do the same for me. So Robert, I had Robert line me up, and it was just staying first and hammering until, until she went. And I nailed the Reaper, came out the line hard, you know, crushed uh, the farthest distance at that time, which was like 50 feet by like 25 feet, and uh, set, the new, set the pace record. And uh, my, mine was the place to be. I mean, I buried the Reaper so bad that the excavator damn near... Well, it didn't damn near tip on its side, but it brought the tracks off the ground, you know, 8 to 10 inches, maybe 12 inches, trying to get my truck uns- unsuction cupped from the nasty clay up in Flagstaff. Uh, so finally they got me broke loose, pulled back. Uh, next up was Robber. I parked, I parked the Reaper. Came up, lined Robert up, brought him in, and I told him to hammer down, you know, this is the line you need to take. And sure shit not, Robert hammers down, and then he jumps past my 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 number one record by another 20 feet. Damn near had the whole hole until he hit his big water plunge and just sunk his, buried it, all the way up headers and all. I mean, I've never seen biohazard that buried before. Uh, this is the only time I've ever seen any of the tractor tires buried at any event where we actually had a work to do what we needed to do. And Robert set the pace on with his truck, and then next came up Bad Vibes, and Bad Vibes uh, came in third, got the uh, third farthest distance, tore it up. Bad vibes, you know, Chevrolet, track tires, locked up, deuce and a half, front and rear, and just a chugging and a chugging and a chugging. And he ended up getting third place. That pretty much rounds it up for, you know, the bounty hole. My buddy Robert Maxwell here, you know, went ahead and took home first place and uh, first place for the mud drag event and in first place for the bounty hole walked away with 1700 bucks. That was a really good weekend. Yeah. Fun weekend. Great time. Great people. 
nice weather up there. It was great to get out of the heat in the valley and go up there. Um, you know, like I said, we can't say much about this park. Uh, it's our first time being out there. We hope that they will uh, be doing it every year. You know, they, you know, if they got one this upcoming year, we'll let you guys know about it and keep you informed. We will be out it if it does, you know, come up and it's not intertruding with any of the other events that we're pre-engaged to be at. We'll be there, you know, putting on a show for everybody. Yeah, let's um, but take this time to kind of shine some light on what happened at the the tail end of that event. Um, there was some internal issues on management of the event, and it kind of come to come to our attention that we might not get paid uh, for our winnings for the event. And because I took first in the bounty hole and the racing. It was a you know it was a pretty good chunk of change that I was looking forward to winning there, putting back into the truck and moving forward. And we had to uh, we walked over to uh, Daniel Dean. He was the guy that was putting on the event, the whole event, and kind of said, "Hey, what's going on here, man? Like we we've there's a lot of rumors going around that you know nobody's getting paid and all this kind of stuff." And and Daniel told us he said, "Hey, the money will be here at four o'clock." And uh, you'll get paid. Don't worry about it. And so we didn't. Four o'clock showed up. We we went and met with Daniel, and he took me um, <clears throat> out back and basically paid me my winnings. But I could tell um, as he was paying me out of the drawer that there was not much left in the drawer, and there was a lot of guys that still, you know, had to get paid for second and third place. And that was just the tractor tire guys. I don't know. You know, there were still mud drag guys and the obstacle course and all that other stuff. There was actually, to my knowledge, there was somebody that was internal to their team that cut and run with a bunch of money. And so I actually took money from the event, um, and they, they kind of cut and run and took money with them. So uh, Daniel worked some magic, and um, everybody that I've talked to that I know should have been paid from that event, got paid. Some of them, you know, got a check and he said, hey, wait a few days to cash it for me, please. But everybody got their money, they got paid, and so, you know, he, he stood behind what he said he was going to do, and that's, you know, that's why, like James was saying, if he put on another event, we would definitely be there, go out and support him at the event, and of course have a good time ourselves. But I know there was a bunch of controversy around that, so I wanted to at least put our two cents out there, you know, that, that Daniel stood behind his event and, you know, got everybody paid, all the racers and stuff, and, um, yeah, it was, it was one of the most fun events we've been at, for sure, and definitely had the most, the biggest array of things we could do. Uh, they were willing to build us jumps, the, weren't they gonna, wasn't the original plan that we were gonna jump into the pit, James? Yes, uh, that was the original plan. We were going to plan on jumping into the pit, and then, like you said, we hold off on that. We didn't do that because we weren't sure. We were hearing stuff, but you know, lo and behold, it took you know it took a little bit of time. He worked some magic. Everybody, you know, got what they were coming to him, and 
Um, yeah, like I said, we would be there again. Uh, I really liked the place. The The facility was nice. I mean, it, it was really open. It was one of the few places that, you know, actually had, uh, uh, what do you want, a, a short course for the um, trophy trucks, uh, short course trucks. They had uh, actual kind of like sand drag area, and then they had the three big three pits uh pits for us so yeah i mean and yes we were scheduled to jump into going actually going into the pit and see if we can make it coming back out of the pit that was our ultimate plan but you know hopefully again to do that next year um if if there is an event oh yeah that's i was just gonna just gonna say that robert i was gonna say that's what i we plan on doing next year as long as you know he holds the event again and Everything goes through the way, you know, that we're we're hearing that it it should be going. That, yes, I would love to go out there and fly high and sling some mud. Because, man, it it was a nice place. It was nice to get up into the higher altitude. Like I said, it was more towards the hotter part of the year for us in the valley. It was just nice to get away up into the cool weather. See real trees. Yeah, Yeah, the then be somewhere that we've never been with our trucks before. Absolutely. Don't forget about Steve's awesome save there at uh, Flagstaff when he almost laid crazy train over, pulled out of it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, there was pulled a out of stuff it. going on there. It was, it was even when you weren't racing, there was always something going on a short course or there was mud drags going on or the pro stock guys were running or there was just something going on the whole time. So it was really a spectator event as well, which was which was cool. Yes, it was. Like I said, as far as all the events and all the places we've been to and talked about, it's probably offered the most at one area. Yeah, it was the most diverse. Yeah, yeah most diverse. Other than, you know, Buckeyes right there, other than having the short course which really technically if you took the short course away they got the motorcycle uh their motorcycle course yeah for the motorcycle so i mean it's a give and take situation but you know with us talking to bobby hopefully next this upcoming year they're going to be adding in a short course for us to actually be running on yeah set up a little more of a freestyle area to Get some more jumps going and, you know, put on a better show for the fans and stuff. Um, so I think... Yes, because it will be big, bigger and better things in 2018. That is true. We promised ourselves and promised the fans that we would be bigger in 17, and we went bigger in 17. And I'm here to tell you, any any of you guys out there listening on this podcast be ready because there's going to be some works coming in this upcoming year we got a lot of stuff coming out for you guys and it's all for you fans out there that come out there and enjoy it roll with it have some fun i met some great people i met some great fans loyal loyal fans so yeah be looking to expect some stuff out in 2018 Bigger and better. 
And so that, I think, wraps up all of the events that we, you know, for sure hit in the, in the state. Um, as long as they're they're going to come back next year, which all of them should. The only one that may be questionable is Flagstaff. Um, I'm not for sure if that's coming back or not. But I know Don Lee will have his, and I know uh, uh, Noisy Boy will have his. Noisy Boy will have his. SE Mud Racing will have uh, theirs, and Bobby will have his every weekend or every month. So we'll definitely have plenty of you know opportunities for you guys to come out and see us and, and uh, have a good time and watch some mudsling in action. The one thing that we're going to try to do in 2018 is uh, bring the State 48 crew out to Rednecks with Paychecks in St. Joe, Texas. That's uh, something we wanted to get done in 2017, but work schedules and funding and all that kind of stuff just didn't quite pan out for 2017, but we're already starting to try to make arrangements now for 2018 um, and that's March. I do believe it's the 16th or the 18th or the 15th or the 18th or something like that. Um, we're trying to plan to make it out yeah. there so we can try to go out there and show them what State 48 has as well. You know, go out there and, and uh, be in a different venue. They have huge bog pits out there. There's thousands of trucks that go out there. I think that would just be an absolute blast to, for the whole family to go out there. Um, the whole Mud family, State 48 family, to go out there together and and uh, just be make us. a statement and uh, and have some fun. Yep. Yes, we are definitely going to try to take State 48 to different to Rednecks with Paychecks next year and show them that you know what Arizona boys know how to play in the mud too. So for this wraps up this podcast on the events that we attended to for 2017 the the promoters and our feelings on all the parks um, tune in next time to our next podcast where we will be talking about Robert uh, what is it the yeah so that, uh, uh, tune in to our next podcast where we'll be talking about the um, the AZ Sand, Mud, and Dirt Off-Road Expo that we went to out in Buckeye. It was an extremely eventful weekend for all of us, <laughs> every single member of the State 48 crew. Um, yes. It was uh, yeah, it was an adventure, let's put it that way. So we'll go into more detail on that in our next podcast. Um, Again, uh, thank, you, thank you everybody for listening in. Tune in next time. Like Robert said, we it was every state 48 member had something and had something wild to talk about or something wild to happen to them in a two-day weekend. Um, so tune in next for the next podcast on that one. And if you guys are wanting to meet or greet, uh, see us and take some pictures with the trucks, Come out and hang out with us. We will also be at the the Rugged Radials International Off-Road and UTV Expo in Scottsdale, Arizona at the um, Westworld facility, right? Westworld, right. Yes, I'm sorry, Westworld. I I get that in the pavilions mixed up all the time. But, yes, it'll be at uh, Westworld. Which this is upcoming awesome. weekend. 
it's an indoor event, guys. So you know you can come inside. A uh, huge arena, lots of lots of stuff set up. You know we're we're one of the many 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 setups that are going to be there. Uh, lots of off-road stuff. Yes, uh, the members that will be out there, you'll be able to see Aaron Lagasse and the Cookie Monster. You'll be able to see myself, James Norman, and Mud Reaper, um, Robert Maxfield and his uh, badass truck, Biohazard, and Danielle Maxfield and Bonnie. So come out there, meet us, greet us, take some pictures with the kids or with the trucks, uh, get some autographs. It, 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 it's going to be a blast. It's the biggest expo event in the state of Arizona. I think this is their eighth year doing it. So, yes, come out and enjoy and have some fun. Absolutely. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. If you'd like to reach out to me, Robert Maxfield, I'm on Facebook at Maxfield Mud and the whole Maxfield Mud team. And if you'd like to reach out to me, James Norman, uh, go to Facebook at Normanator Racing. If you want to reach out to any one of us at State 48, go to Facebook at State 48 Mega Trucks. So everybody uh, fly high, sling some mun, have some fun. Peace out.